because I've got so much to be joyful for. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3 is where we're going to be this morning. Uh, we've been going through uh, the book of Ephesians, and it's taken us a while, and it may still take us a while. We're not done. Uh, we're not anywhere near being done, uh, but it's about halfway, I guess. But uh, uh, it's amazing how God works. We talked in, in chapter 1 just about some great doctrine of, uh, of, of, of who God is and what he has done, and in chapter 2, what he has done in us. And they'll talk about the, re, the revolution uh, that takes place in the Christian life there in chapter, chapter 2, that we were dead in our sins, but now we're alive. Amen. We're, we're, we're not the same as we once were. How many of you are glad for that? Think about where you were uh, uh, before salvation. Think about the trouble that you were in. And the truth is, whether you, uh, listen, you can live a nice, cushy life here on this earth, but still have hell as your, as, as, as your end point, as your destination point. Think about what God saved you from. You may have thought that you were okay. You may think that you're okay. But without Christ, we're dead in our trespasses and sins. We're miserable. We're under the, we're under the, 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 the dominion of Satan. And we have no hope except for what it says there in chapter 2, I believe it's verse 5, but God, maybe it's chapter, verse 4, but God, I'm so thankful that God did a work in my life. I'm so thankful that God did a work in your life. If you're, if you're saved, he's, he's given you life. And not only has he given you life, but he's given you an inheritance. He's given you a family. He's, given, he's, he's made you a part of something bigger than yourself. You are a part of the body of Christ. You are a part of the church. And I'm thankful that you're all a part of this church. And, and, and God has done some great things. In chapter 3, he reveals to us some things that, uh, that, uh, he's, that were mysteries back in those days. It was things that had never been revealed before, and, and part of that was the mystery of the church. And the other part of that was that the gospel wasn't just for the Jews, but it was for the Jews and the Gentiles. And I'm thankful for that because, well, I'm a Gentile, not a Jew, and I'm glad I'm saved. Amen? So, so uh, I, the, 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 through Christ, uh, the Jew and the Gentile are one. Or there's, no, there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, uh, we are one in Christ, that we are made nigh by the blood of him, Jesus Christ. And as we come in towards the end of chapter 3, uh, we, we see, I think it was the last Sunday that I preached, uh, I, I preached this message just before we left on vacation. Faint not. You see here in verse, uh, I believe it was verse 13, wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. Uh, Paul was uh, encouraging the, the people uh, that they don't faint. That word faint means to grow weary uh, enough to quit. And it's, it, it's a sad day when we see people, that uh, men and women uh, of God uh, from all different walks of life, uh, start walking and then stop walking. They start living for God, and then something happens, some tribulation, some trial happens, and it's just, they grow weary. And the truth is, we can all grow weary in well-doing. It's easy to say, well, look at that guy over there. But, but Paul says, be not weary in well-doing. We, we can grow weary. We can grow weary in the midst of the tribulation. We can grow weary in the midst of testing. We can grow weary uh, because, because of, the, uh, of the things that are going on in our life. And I'm so thankful that we don't have to rely upon our own strength. And that's what Paul's trying to, to get at here in these, in these next few verses. Well, we talked about the, when I we said, when we preached on the, not to grow weary, we talked about the four reasons uh, why uh, we, we shouldn't grow weary. And one of those was that others are watching us. 
And we, uh, the Bible says there in the, first, the few verses before that, that that through God's wisdom and through God's providence and his plan, that he's using the church to reveal to the heavenly principalities, those heavenly powers, the, the, the angels are watching us, and they're learning the manifold wisdom of God by watching God's wisdom in the church. And so they're watching us, but even more than that, the world is watching us, and your neighbors are watching you, and your, your children are watching you. Listen, today is Father's Day. Can I tell you, your kids are watching your life. And there's nothing more important for a father than, to, than to, to, to live not a godly life on Sunday and an ungodly life on Monday through Saturday. It is important that our children see godly lives in their, in their parents, their fathers and their mothers. But guess what? My kids aren't just watching me. They're watching you too. Why doesn't so-and-so come to church anymore? I don't know how many times I've had to have that question asked. Our children are watching us. You know what's sad is uh, I posted something about on Facebook, and I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want people to look up inside and see who I'm talking about. Uh, but I posted a, 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 a thing on Facebook the other day about uh, just the church being our community and how uh, that, that uh, we need to make sure that we're... And then I, when I say church, I don't mean coming to our services community. We're, we're talking about the people, Right? Uh, we are we are fitly joined together, and and God's placed together for a purpose. And and if we find our community and our help and our satisfaction outside of the body of Christ, uh, and and then then well, the truth is, our kids won't find any satisfaction there either. So so that, that was kind of the gist of the the post. And and somebody that I used to work with, somebody that I that, that I trained when I back when I was a, as a, a paramedic, uh, said said commented on it. And said, "Well, I used to find." my community and my church. He grew up in a church. In fact, uh, in this local area, uh, his father was, was, was a pastor. Something happened, though. He said, he said, I watched a man who claimed to love his children be a hypocrite. Say one thing and do another. Say he loved his family, but treat them other ways. I, say they, 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 did the, they would do this and then live this way. Or watch them try to force us to follow rules that they wouldn't follow themselves. And, 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 just, and he goes, I, now I find community elsewhere. He denies the fact that God even exists. What happens? Listen, every, every child, we need to understand every child will make their own decision. But if your child sees a hypocrite in you, you are setting them up for failure. You're setting them up for failure. Because what you, what you allow, they'll embrace. What we need are, are men and women, fathers and husbands and wives, who won't quit. Who will stand firm in the Lord, strong in their faith. That when, when trials and tribulations come, that, that they don't cower or fall away or, or, or turn their back on God, but instead they, they lean into him and run into him as that fortress that he is for each one of us. That when the world reaches up and says, hey, over here, pay attention to me, they said, no, I'd rather give my life to Christ. That's what we need. Paul here is, is, is saying, 
Wherefore, in verse 13, wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. We talked about there are others that are watching us. There are others that are relying upon us. We're not going to go back through the whole message. I won't preach it again to you. I just want to remind you of it. But then there are others that are laboring for you. And listen, please don't quit for those reasons. But that doesn't help you. That doesn't tell you how not to quit. That doesn't give you any strength, does it? It, it's yes it, you know what it is it's another burden to bear on your shoulders that well now i got people watching watching me it may keep me going for a few more steps but it won't keep me from quitting from quitting but can i tell you the secret to, to, to being faithful the secret to to not quitting the secret to not being driven away or or drifting about is found here in this passage Pre, i started to preach on it on wednesday night Verse 14, Paul says this, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're going to live a life that is strong in the faith and serving God, one where you will not quit, one where you will stand firm, you, you know what you believe, and, and God is doing work with you, it starts with prayer. If you do not have a, a constant prayer life, a, a, continuing, a continuing prayer life, you will fall, you will struggle, and you will grow weary. Because the truth is, you can't just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You're not just going to be able to make a decision to, I'm just going to go on and do it. No! You're going to need help. And it can't, it's not going to be help that I can come along and, and, and drag you. Now my, I, I love my children, and uh, I like taking them for walks and for hikes. And, and uh, a couple, about three years ago, we walked up to, I don't remember, I think it was Mount Batty. Uh, and we're talking to Hannah, this was three years ago. Hannah was four years old, I think. Maybe five. Zeke was well, Zeke was being carried already because well no actually Zeke was it was two years Zeke was two he walked all the way up and almost all the way back and Hannah walked all the way up and all but like two hundred feet of the way back she we knew Hannah was done when she sat down <laughs> they had fun going up they had fun coming down but they got so tired she got so tired she sat down and we're like come on Hannah let's go. There was no amount of, I, if I were to drag her, I would have had to grab her by the arm and literally drag her feet. You know what happened? I picked her up, and she initially started snoring in my ear. She was worn out. Why? Because there is a limit to our, our energy. There is a limit to our strength. And, and, and yes, what she needed somebody to come along and pick her up, but I can't pick you up. I can help bear your burden, but the best way I can do that is the same way Paul did it right here. I bow my knee in prayer for you. Because the strength that you need isn't my strength. Because if I give you my strength, I don't have enough strength of my own to go on. We see his holy motive there. And again, I'm not going to preach this message, but this was Wednesday nights. So just to, if you weren't here, I wanted to catch you up because it's all connected. Uh, uh, we see his holy motive. Uh, uh, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't praying uh, for himself. So many times our, our, our prayer times and our, our, our prayers are, are all about me and what I need and what I want. Lord, help me to do this. And Lord, help me to do that. And Lord, uh, provide this. Provide that. Lord, uh, I want to be used. Lord, to do this, do this. Me, 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 me. And listen, there's nothing wrong about praying for our own needs and our own what The Bible tells us to. Jesus taught the disciples uh, that, were, that they were to pray and ask for their daily provisions, their daily bread. It's okay to pray that, but if, there's another part of prayer called supplication and where you're praying on the behalf of somebody else. And that's what Paul's doing here. His prayer was selfless. He wasn't praying because his reputation was going to go down the drain if their ministries failed. No, he was praying because he had a desire to see them continue on. 
So not only was it, it, was, it was holy, not only because it was selfless, but also because it, was, it wasn't about temporal things or earthly things. Our, our, our prayer list on, on Wednesday nights, and not just our church, but all across the country uh, in America, uh, are many times chock full of pray for this person because they have this need and pray for this one because they're sick. And again, those are okay things to pray for. I'm not trying to say don't ask for prayer for those things. But rarely do we hear pray for the spirit of this one because, man, they're struggling. See, this, Paul wasn't praying for their physical needs. Paul was praying for their spiritual needs. And greater than the physical, whatever physical needs you could have. Listen, if you're sitting, if you, if you have a mountain of bills and not enough money to pay it, listen, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he can't provide. And you, you can pray for that. But greater than that, uh, I, I should be praying for your spirit that you don't fall away because of the trial that you're in. You may, have, uh, you may have heard uh, from the doctor that uh, you have some incurable disease. And listen, I can pray, and I should pray. The Bible tells me to pray for your healing. But, but what I should also be praying is that in the midst of this, in the midst of this, this, uh, this bad news that you got, in the midst of this tribulation and this trial that you're going through, may God give you the strength to keep going and to stand firm in your faith instead of crumbling and falling away. We need to begin to pray for those spiritual things like Paul did. So, so we, see his, we saw his holy motivation. We also see his, his humble attitude. It says he bowed his knee. We need to remember that, we're, that we're, we're praying it to God Almighty. God Almighty, the, the creator of all the universe. We, we need to pray to him and, and, and not come in necessarily. The Bible says we can come in boldly, but that's coming in, in the fact that we can come in with confidence, but not our own confidence. It's confidence through Jesus Christ. Amen. I, I'm not worthy myself. But, so I can, I can pray, I can pray boldly, I can enter into his, and, and then I'm accepted by the Father. I'm so thankful for that, but I'm, I'm accepted not because of me, not because of my good works or my good looks. You don't have to laugh. <laughs> I'm accepted because of Jesus Christ, amen? And what Jesus Christ did, because he placed his blood upon that altar, and my sins are forgiven and covered. I'm so thankful that I can come unto the, unto the Father because of that. We see, so we saw his, his holy motivation. We saw his, his humble manner in which he, which he came to him. And then notice lastly, there in verse 14, uh, the, the, the high magistrate, or the, the, the one who he, he's praying to, he's praying to the Father. It is God that we're praying to. And thus we need to be careful. Uh, I've heard of people say, well, when I pray to God, it's like praying friend to friend. Abraham, the Bible says Abraham prayed to talk to God like that. And that's okay. He's God. I don't know about you, but I look at myself and I, I wonder how God could ever even think about me. I come to him humbly and I, I want to lift him up and realize who he is. He deserves our worship. He deserves our praise. He deserves our humility. Today, I want us to begin to look at the prayer. We see it there in verse 16. And this is what Paul begins to pray. And this is a, each one of these things uh, that we're going to, well, I don't know how far we're going to get, but uh, there is a key that we need that we might not quit. Verse this is found in verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit 
in the inner man. The first thing that, that Paul prayed for is for inner strength, for might. Notice in verse the beginning says that he would grant you. It's a benevolent gift. Did you know that you're not going to get this source of strength from anywhere else? And there's great power out there. There is great political power. There is great power. Uh, uh, you may have went out and bought yourself the uh, how to uh, was it, how to make friends and influence people. You may have that. You may have that ability. You may have the gift of gab, where you can talk talk anybody into anything. You may be the greatest salesman in the world. But but listen, that's not the power that you need. You may have great physical power. There are, there are great feats of strength that I've that I that I've witnessed and seen, and and uh, I, I they have this what the, the world's strongest man. And uh, uh, right now, there's uh, two guys that they were both they both been the world's strongest man, and they're getting ready uh, for a a boxing match because they uh, one accused the other one of cheating. And they're, they're big guys, and I'd be terrified to meet any one of either one of them in, in anywhere because <laughs> they're massive. There's great physical strength. There's great moral strength. There's, there's a lot of different strengths that, that we can have. But listen, the, the source of the strength that we need to be able to go on when we're, when we're going through a difficult time, that we don't quit, when we grow weary, the source of that strength is God Almighty. You, you, can't, ask it from, for, or you can't ask it from your friends. You might go to Facebook to all your friends on there, but half of those you probably don't actually even know. You can't, you can't go to your co-workers, you can't go to your parents, you can't go to anybody to, to, to get that strength because they don't have the strength to, get, to give to you. If they're saved, they barely have the strength to make it themselves. In fact, they, they're relying on the strength of God themselves. God is the source of that strength. Uh, it's a benevolent gift that, that would grant me that he would endue, that he would give to you this. Paul says, I'm praying that God would give you this inner strength because you need it. Because your strength is limited. And your strength it, it, it will only last for so long and can only accomplish so much. Your strength will come to an end. Isaiah 40, uh, verse 29 through 31 says that, that the, even the young man shall faint. We're all going to grow weary. We're all going to come to a point where we just, we ourselves can't go on any further, but we have a God who can give us strength that will get us back up on our feet and keep us going. No matter what Satan has to throw at us, no matter what the world has to throw at us, no matter what difficulty we are facing, we can still go on. I read back at the times of the, uh, uh, the Fox's Book of Martyrs and, and how, how some of these men of God went out facing, not, not facing persecution like you and I might face persecution, facing, uh, facing death by fire. Uh, uh, where they, they walk up to these, uh, 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 I'm trying to remember the name, he was one of the first preachers. In fact, uh, 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 I believe he may have been a pastor at Ephesus. Uh, but but they, they went to bind him to the stake, to burn him at the stake, and he told them they didn't need to tie him up that he would willingly stay in there. I don't know about you, but if somebody's like me on fire and they get the gasoline out, I'm not sticking around. They better tie me up because not, I'm not going to stand there. He said, you don't need to tie me up. I'm not going to run. And he stood there while, they, while the flames licked up his body and he sang, sing glory unto God. I'd be saying, ow, ow, please stop. Where does that strength come from? To face such a cruel, punishable death, a terrible death. God. It comes from God. And they say, well, we don't have to face that today. There are people in other countries that are facing that today. 
I watched a group of Christians over in Nigeria shoved into a ditch, piled, they were covered over with branches and set on fire. Happened within the last couple of years. Say, so well, that's, well, that's not going to happen in America. They're throwing pastors in, in, in Canada in, in jail for preaching the gospel. And, and they're, 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 now, you, you may or may not have heard of the, the pastor that was thrown in jail because he opened his church and, 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 uh, and encouraged people to go to church. Bad enough. They, they stole the building. So they went and they hid. You know what the, 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 they did? They went and they hired helicopters to go search for him. And they arrested the pastor and threw him in prison again. It ain't that far from here, folks. You say, well, it's a different country. Our country's headed that direction. I don't know if it's going to happen in our lifetime. Maybe it will. I, I certainly hope not. And for my kids' sake, I hope it doesn't happen in their, in their lifetime. But something tells me it's going to happen sooner than it will later. So what do we do? How do we face that? How do we stand there with our children crying while the fathers are being hauled away? Because they're standing for what's right for, for God. How do we do that? We don't through the strength that only God can give. It's a benevolent gift. Our source is only from God. That's why we need to pray for it. Pray for it. Pray for one another that God would give us the strength, that he would strengthen that inner man. Pray for ourselves that God would strengthen that inner man because you cannot do it yourself. You cannot be a good enough Christian. You cannot build yourself up enough. You cannot, this is, this is what we're talking about is something that's supernatural. The, the life that you now live in Christ isn't of you, it's of God. And the only way you're going to make that man stronger, that inner man, that new creation is through prayer and having God do a work in you. The benevolent gift. We see also the boundless grace there in verse, verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. I love this thought. Number one, it talks about the riches of his glory. He's going to grant us the strength according to his riches. Now, I don't know about you, and we say God, God owns the, the cattle on a thousand. He created it all. There is no limit to God's grace. There is no limit to the strength that God can give you. It is boundless. It is, it is infinite. It, there is never an end to it. The, word, the word's according to. Paul says, I'm praying that God would grant to you according to according to the riches. Now, what does that mean? It means in proportion to. Now, let's say I'm a billionaire. I'm not. I'm not, I'm, I, I don't, I'm not even a thousand there. But <laughs> let's say I'm a billionaire. And I come down to, 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 to Brother Frank, and I give Brother Frank $20. I have given to him from my money a gift. But is that gift in proportion to what I have? It's a portion of what I have, but it's not in proportion. In accordance means in proportion. I like that. You know what that means? That when God gives us strength, he doesn't just give us a portion of his strength. He gives us his strength in proportion to the amount of strength that, that he has in store for us. 
It means that the strength that he, there's no limit to the strength that God can give you, Brother Frank. There's no limit to, to, to what God can, you say, well, I, I don't know, what, I've said this myself, I've seen uh, pastors lose their wives or lose their children uh, in, in death. I, I, I think, I don't know what would happen. I don't know how I could deal with that. I can tell you how I deal with it the same way they'll deal with it. Uh, those people that are struggling and going through those situations, I deal with it through the strength that God gave me. No matter what I face on this earth, no matter how difficult, it, it's in proportion to the riches of God's grace, uh, the riches of his mercy, the riches of the strength that he can give me, and there is no limit to that. It's boundless. See, the benevolent gift, the boundless grace, the bolstered gains. Again in verse 16, it says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might. That idea to be strengthened means that God is going to make that that inner man uh, in me stronger than he is now. It means I'm going to grow a little bit. You know what happens when you when you when you when you exercise? Well, a couple things can happen. One, you can lose weight. Uh, but but if you're lifting or trying to exercise your muscles to grow your muscles, you can add to the muscle that you have. You can you can make yourself stronger. Paul is praying that God would make us stronger in the inner man. Now that's not a muscle that I can work. I can exercise these muscles and make them bigger. I've exercised this muscle plenty, and it's gotten plenty big. But on that inner man, I can't exercise that muscle. That's something I'm helpless at, at doing. I can't do enough good deeds to make that inner man stronger. I can't, I can't, there's nothing I can do to make that inner man stronger. But I love that. You know why? Because if I could do it, then I wouldn't rely on God anymore. What I've learned is I need to rely upon God for that strength. It causes me to go in prayer. It causes me to seek his face in his word. It causes me to, to, to cry out unto him to, to strengthen me. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, bolstered uh, gain. It's, it's, he's going to make me stronger, and I love it. It's not by my power. It's not, it's not by uh, power in the, uh, of this world's standard at all. It's with, it's with the same power that he saved me with. That word power there, in, in, that word might is dyna, dynamo. It's talking, it's, it's, it's talking about this, this, uh, this, this strength or this power that, that makes things happen. God can make something happen in my life. God can, God can change me. And only God can change me. It isn't turning over a new leaf. It's changing my nature. It's bolstered gains. It's it's strengthened with his might and his power and not my own. Too many times I see people trying to, 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 to grow. In it when, listen, what is, what is this talking about? It's talking about our spiritual maturity, amen? We, we're all at different levels. Just like uh, we all start, but we all start in the same place. We all start as babes in, babes in Christ. And, and hopefully we, we, we drank the sincere milk of the word and, and, and we grew stronger and we're able to, to hopefully prayerfully now able to, to eat some of the, the, the meat of the word. But we're all in different places in our Christian walk. Nobody else is in the same place I am. And I'm not saying that because I'm so much higher than everybody else. I'm saying that we're just all in different places. 
Just like I was born March 29th, 1978. I have grown. I won't say how much I weigh. And I, we're all different spiritually. But the only way that you're going to grow stronger is through the strength that God can, and give, can give you. The only way that you're going to mature is through the work of God in your life. It isn't by some list of rules that you follow. It isn't, now, I'm not preaching against standards. There should be standards, amen? If there weren't standards, people would be running around naked all the time. Go out in the world. They do it now. I'm not kidding. I, I'm just. The standards of this world are falling apart. The problem is the standards of the, uh, of the people of God are falling right with it. I got behind somebody in line the other day at a store, and well, they Leggings and women wearing leggings, and I'm not. Listen, that's so bad enough. This stuff was built and manufactured to 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 fit the form of the female body in a way that there was nothing there. And I'm telling you, it was just ridiculous. But people outside of Christ will do that. In 15 years, how many people in the church do you think are wearing that? Church follows the world instead of following Christ. But listen, how do we get out of that? We grow. Listen, we're all in the same place. We're all in need of, of the work of God in our life. So how do we change? We grow. We mature in Christ. And God changes us. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that, that, that while, while I, may, I, may have this, uh, I may be in this place of my Christian walk and uh, knowing that I'm not going to stay here. Remember that verse in Philippians? He which has begun a good work in you will perform until the day of Jesus Christ. You're not going to stay where you're at either if you're saved. You'll continue to grow. and You'll continue to, 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 to become more and more like Jesus Christ. There'll be boisterous or bolstered games. You'll be, you'll be strengthened through the Spirit of God. And because I was trying to have all, all, uh, all my letters start with the same thing. The next point is that we have benevolent gift, boundless grace, bolstered uh, gains, and forgive me, but the brand new guy. <laughs> the inner man. The inner man. Because all of this is for the inner man. Second Corinthians chapter 5, 17 tells us this. Turn over there with me if you, if you would really quickly. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17 is a verse you, you have heard. I can guarantee you, uh, you may know it already. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. For which cause we faint not. Uh, let's, let, well, let's come back to that one. I want to say that one. Sorry, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, 20 through 24. Verse 20 says, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And notice this, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. We're to put off that old man and to put on that new man. And yes, it is a work of God. There is a need for the renewing of that mind. But there is a part for us to do. 
And we'll get into that in just one quick second. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of suffering be made conformable unto his death. This power that works in us, uh, it's, it's that same power that worked in Christ. It's that same power that saved us. That's the power that, 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 that helps mature us. And the truth is, uh, yes, it's, it's a work of God in us as we cry out unto him, but we have, uh, there, there's a, a need that needs to take place, something that has to take place in our lives. You notice what it said there in Ephesians, to put off the old man and to put on the new man. Galatians chapter 5 says, talks about the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Let's get uh, just a, a little bit of doctrine just so we understand what, what I'm talking about. When you get saved... Just like the Bible says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You lived led by the flesh. But when you got saved, God put a new creature, a new creation inside of you. Now, do you still have the flesh? Yes. Paul says it like this. Oh, he says it like this in Galatians. The flesh lusts against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. In Romans, he puts it like this. The things which I would do, I do not. And the things that I don't want to do, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, the things I don't want to do, those things I do. What's going on? Our flesh and our spirit are at war with one another. You know, the flesh is that old nature, that old man that, that wants to, to just the, 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 give in to the lusts and the desires, the things of this world. And listen, I'm not saying that, 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 that he wants to kill everybody and, and do all, all types of evil things. I'm saying that it's, it, it could get to that point. What I'm telling you is that flesh wants to have control, but God has put in you a spirit, and the spirit can be renewed and should be renewed and needs to be renewed. Because every day you wake up, and you have to make a decision whether you're going to walk in the flesh or walk in the spirit. You're going to, to, to live for yourself or you're going to live for God. You're going to, you're going to feed the flesh or you're going to feed the spirit. And listen, the, the world is willing to feed the flesh all day long. Every moment of the day, your eyes are open or your ears are open. We live in a society where there is never silence. I... I didn't realize it so much uh, until, and I knew it, I guess, but, uh, but God speaks to us in silence. So the world wants to fill up that silence. The world wants you to, to always be listening to music or to some podcast or to watch some TV show or, 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 or be busy doing something with your hands. Or, or just, and God just wants you to be still and know that I am God. Last few weeks, I've been, uh, I'm not somebody who likes to get up early. I hate getting up early. Uh, now, I, now, when I say getting up early, I'm not talking about really early. I, I, like, I typically would get up normally, used to, around 7 a.m. That's not really bad, late. It's not really, my wife gets up at like 4.30 in the morning, and, and she's, uh, she's, she's a champ, and she's, but that's not me. However, over the past few weeks, I've, I've begun to change my habits and get up early. And one of the first things I do is I go for a walk and I pray. And I, uh, 
Now, just like any other time that I'm praying, I, the, one of the reasons I'm walking is so that I'm not falling asleep. Because if I, if I wake up and then I try to sit down and pray, guess what? I'm going to be sleeping. That's uh, just, that's just, I can't lay in my bed and pray. I can't, uh, I'll just be sleeping. That's just, that's just me. Uh, but, uh, uh, so I get up and I walk and I'll walk and I'll pray and I'll thank God for the wonderful day and I'll praise him for who he is. And, and there, there will doubtless come points of, of time when, when my mind is just thinking upon the word of God or, or something that has been going on. And, and, and listen, I, I, and God speaks, to, I'm not saying I hear a voice that says, Rob, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God putting in my heart or in my mind, speaking to me, speaking to my soul, and ministering to me in the silence of the day when it's just the birds and me. Most people put it in earphones so they can listen to music. Now, I, I, if you listen to music, I'm not trying to knock, I'm not, I'm not trying to knock it. What I'm saying is there needs to be a time of silence in your life where God can speak to you and God can minister to you and God can renew your soul. Through prayer and through the meditation of the Word of God. You are a brand new guy. You're a new creation. A new creature is a child of God. He has put his spirit in you, but you cannot stay a baby forever. If we do, there's something wrong. If you never grow spiritually, there's a problem. It, 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 it would show that there's a lack of, of feeding, a lack of, of nurturing. There needs to be a, a some kind of spiritual growth that you continue to grow on a daily basis. And listen, we, we don't ever just stop where we're at. If we stop, we just start taking steps backwards in our spiritual walk and our spiritual strength. What we need to do is instead of filling ourselves with the things of this world uh, from the moment that we wake up to the moment that we close our eyes, scrolling on our cell phones and watching TV and reading the books and reading the newspapers and whatever self-help book. or listen, Instead of doing all that, spend some time in the Word and feed the Spirit. Because your spirit needs to be strengthened. Say, well, I, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just too busy. You don't know the schedule that I have. You're right, I don't. But I can guarantee you this. God has never desired to give you so much on your plate that you cannot spend time with him. God has never wanted to place so much before you that you could choose from that you would choose that instead of him. And that's what's happening in the church today. Where you're drawn away by the things of this world, whether it's whatever it is. It pulls us from worship. It pulls us from fellowship. It pulls us from everything. And suddenly, fathers, our children grow up not knowing God. They know an image of what it's supposed to be like. They see the hypocrisy of it, and they walk away forever. They, our, our kids know how we are at home, not just here at church. And listen, the only way to live the same way at church as you do at home or the same way at home as you do at church is to be strengthened in your inner man. Paul says, I'm praying, Father in heaven, strengthen them in the inner man by your power. In Galatians, he says it's that renewal, that daily renewal. How do we be renewed? By the, in the spirit of her mind, by the word of God, by time of prayer. Listen, this is basic stuff. 
This is, this is Sunday school. This is kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, whatever grade you're in. This is basic stuff. But for some reason, we've all forgotten it. If we're not reading our Bibles, and if we're not in prayer, the two, the, the, those two basic things, we are not going to grow spiritually. If we're feeding our, 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 if we're feeding our, our flesh instead of feeding our spirit, we're going to fail over and over again. Back when I was in shape, long time ago, actually I was in school. I was homeschooled for six years, but before that, we were in uh, before, up to the sixth grade. Through the sixth grade, I was I went to a Christian school, and I was part of a soccer team. Now, what's, what's his name? Our coach, Mister. Um, he's a missionary now. Redhead. No, 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 the, the, the coach. Stover was uh, a classmate. Well, he looks like me. Big belly. The only problem was his pant, his, his zipper was always undone. <clears throat> and his shirt tail was always sticking out of it. It wasn't like it was all the way dead, but it just like, I don't know, maybe you couldn't see it. That, that's just how I remember him. A pair of corduroy pants, uh, a buttoned-up shirt with the, with, the, with the tail of his, of his shirt sticking out the top of his zipper. And, and he was our coach. And man, they, the first year we, we played, we were horrible. It was the first year he'd ever coached. It was the first year we were ever a team. And guess how many games we won? None. <laughs> we tied one game. Do you know why we tied it? Because the goalie on the other team caught the ball, and then it wasn't paying attention where he was standing. He stepped backwards into the goal. And they gave us the point. <laughs> he didn't catch it and fall backwards. He just was like, and the goalie blew a whistle. The reason I, I, I bring that up is the problem that we had is that we didn't know even the basics. We lost every single game because we didn't know how to dribble. We didn't know you dribble in soccer as well as basketball. They didn't know how to dribble. We didn't know how to pass. I didn't know how to not go off sides. We didn't know anything. And, and man, we, 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 he pounded that stuff into us. Every single, uh, uh, every single practice was running laps and then practicing dribbling and practicing passing. And like, we want to learn something cool. Nope, it was the same thing every day. But guess what happened the next year? We went from not winning any games to winning over half of our games. Something happened. And then there were a few times when we had some really bad games in that. In that, and it, In fact, one of them was terrible. We played against a team that was just way, way better than we were. And guess what we did when we got back to the next day? We ran laps, and we practiced dribbling, and we practiced practice, uh, passing. Those basic fundamentals, those things that you have to know, that if you can't do that, you can't do anything. And guess what? We did better the next time. The basic fundamentals of Christian life are reading the Bible and spending time in prayer. It's that relationship with God that we begin to grow in. And it's in that relationship, as we seek God, that we begin to mature, that God begins to strengthen us in that inner man. It isn't, it isn't like it's an exercise that we do. It's the work of God in us. He renews us day by day in our mind so that no matter what's going on on the outside, inside we're growing. And inside we can keep going. 
Paul writes uh, there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, we'll, we'll turn there in, in just a moment, but Paul's talking about all the difficult things that they had gone through. and uh, they, 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 Paul went through a lot, amen? There were times in Paul's life where he almost died. They stoned him to death at one point and left him for dead as he laid there. Uh, they, they, they thought he was dead. They walked away because he had preached the gospel. And after they walked away, they left him there bloody. And, and, and who knows what kind of injuries he had. He got up and he walked into town. And guess what he did the next day? He preached the gospel. And, and it says here in verse 16 of chapter 4, 2 Corinthians, it says this. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Listen, he says, while the outward man, no matter what's going on on the outside, no matter how beaten or how just tired or how weary or how, how terrible things are going on the outside, the inside man can be, can be renewed day by day. Jesus says that we have within us a, a fountain that floweth. That ever floweth. You know what? That, that Holy Spirit never runs out. It is boundless. Where do we think our strength comes from? The Spirit that dwells within us. The Spirit that flows through us. That gives us peace when we're in the midst of a storm. That, gives us, that, that calms our fears and gives us peace. That, that gives us joy in the midst of great grief and great sorrow. Listen, it's that Spirit that gives us the strength so that when somebody else that doesn't have Christ looks at us and says, How can they do that? By the grace of God. But the only way we can have that strength is through prayer and seeking God through his word. We need fathers who will not quit. I read this statistic this morning. We won't, we won't go any farther in the points or else you all accuse me of keeping you here forever. But I heard this statistic that Mother's Day is the most most, uh, most attended uh, service of the year, second to Easter. You know why? Because mothers love to bring their children to church. Christian mothers, uh, Christian mothers do. You know what's sad? Father's Day is the least attended service of the year. We need godly men. I'm thankful for the men that we have. And listen, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, 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 to knock any of our men and any of our fathers. Uh, we, we, have, we have great fathers here in our church. We need to stand and not quit. We need to be faithful. Because my kids are watching you. I need to stand and be faithful. Why? Because my, my, my kids are watching me. Uh, listen, we, we need to stand and do what's right. Because our, our, our wives and our children need it. And listen, if you're not married and you don't have, or you don't have any sons, you still need to be faithful. You still need to not quit. Why? Because others are watching you. And listen, you don't understand the impact that you can have on somebody who maybe doesn't have a father that's there for them. Because not every father is saved. Not every father is in church. So what can you do? Come alongside. Put your arm around a young, a young person and be an encouragement to them.